as as fascinating as, as this has been, um, I don't want to have uh, a twelve minute intro about bowling. So <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to put this little soliloquy right before the intro music, and then uh, I'll just kind of like splice this editing or splice this uh, this bowling talk into the beginning of the episode, uh, and leave this in as a as a warning to people. But if you don't want to hear us talk about bowling physics for uh, twelve. For thirteen minutes, maybe a little bit more yeah. than that. Just like uh, I've got, ahead. I've got fourteen. I've got fourteen. Yeah, minutes. I just crossed the fourteen minute mark, and oh man, it's been so long that my monitor actually just turned off. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Um, yeah, but w- without any further ado, I think let's let's start the show. Let's do it. Hey everyone, welcome to Aficionados. My name is Jacob Wagtag Wagoner. And I'm Rich the Dick Stevens. And now we're going to cut to a little bit of bowling talk. We'll be back in just about, oh geez, 13 and a half to 14 minutes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was, I was getting nervously close to, uh, to getting a ring tonight. What? Uh, if you bowl a 300, you get a ring. The USBC oh. gives you a ring. I had six in a row to start the game. And oh, halfway there. Nice. Yeah, at that point is when I start to get a bit nervous. And, <laughs> and then it goes away. I should have got. I should have had seven in a row. I really should have. But physics, uh, physics are stupid. Bowling physics <laughs> make no sense. Like, <laughs> Wait, you know, like... Okay, go, sorry, go ahead. I mean, I mean, obviously, like, what happened is what should have happened, because that's how physics work. But, like, generally, if you hit the pocket, the space between the head pin and the next pin back, for a righty, that's the three pin. For a lefty, it's the two pin. If, it so usually, it's actually... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so if you hit that spot, it's called the pocket. If you hit the pocket, right. you're generally going to get a strike, as long as you hit it at... There's a there's a pretty big angle that you can hit that and still be fine, but generally if you hit that you're gonna get a strike. So I hit the pocket. It was of the seven throws that I had up to that point. It was the best throw that I had. It, <laughs> of course, it it nails the pocket, leaves the ten pin standing. Now the ten is the one on the far right, correct? The far right in the back, yeah. Yeah, and you so you hit the pocket from the right side, right? Yeah, it, w- yep. it wasn't a, a like a Brooklyn or whatever the hell it's called. Correct. Okay. Now it's it's interesting that you talk about bowling physics because I actually found a, a piece of fan fiction uh, where the description was <laughs> yeah just just. Alright, go on. You, you're gonna like this. <laughs> the, the description is. Let me see if I can find it because I I want to find the exact uh, thing that it was. Okay. <laughs> Everyone knows that bowling physics behave just like the rest of physics. What this story presupposes is maybe they don't. Yeah, that's a that's a running joke amongst anybody who bowls for any. Oh, is of it time. really? Oh, yes. absolutely. <laughs> um, anybody who's ever bowled 
any sort of competitively, even casually competitively, and bowls enough to know what generally happens when you hit a pin a certain way. Bowling never does the same thing twice. <laughs> that would actually kind of explain like how some people get like massive hooks on their on their like bowling balls. I know that like it's all physics, but it p- part of me wants to believe that there is a special pocket of like weird physics just hovering over the top of the the bowling lane. Well, the, the, otherwise I don't understand how it works. The the issue with that. It, with, with bowling physics is that you have so many different things coming together. So there's the oil on the lane, there's the weight of the ball, there's the core of the ball, which is what generates the hook. Uh, there's how many revs you put on the ball when you throw it, there's how fast it's going, plus there's uh, the path that has already been carved through the oil by other throws, mm. and then there's then there's the oil that's on the pins themselves from when they get hit, and then there's uh, all sorts of different things, like the pin might be broken, so it's going to fly differently than a pin that isn't broken. And it's just ah. there's so many things co- that come together at once for this to just be a shit show of physics. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's actually fascinating to me. Without this actually becoming a dedicated bowling cast, um, can you explain like what? what you mean by the core of the bowling ball like the different materials yeah so the ball that so so balls that are like like house balls just the balls that are there for anybody to use whenever uh they're a solid they're a solid piece of uh polyurethane so it's the same throughout except for the three holes that are drilled in it okay and then uh any other ball that you buy uh from a producer, uh, you know, there's you've got several different producers. Brunswick, uh, Storm are the two big ones, and then there's some other ones, uh, Jackal, DVA. Yeah, there, there's just a bunch of different uh, bowling ball producers, but they put uh, what's called a core, and it's just a piece of plastic that's shaped f- funny, I guess. Uh, like, you could have one that's got... It kind of looks like a mushroom. There's a big ball on one end, and then it's just a stick coming out oh, the other okay. side. So you actually so get it, kind it, of like an, an it weights center Right. Uh, the center, center of gravity of is moved away from the center of the ball. So that's... That explains a lot. Huh. Right. So that's how, that's how you generate... Uh, uh, that's how the revs end up going in that direction. So a lot of times the ball is going to be spinning... Uh, uh, so then the oil on the lane also helps with that. So the ball will tend to spin uh, let's uh, gutter to gutter while it's moving down the lane, and it'll slide through the oil. So it's not actually rolling end over end down the lane. It's spinning. Uh, it, it's sliding down the lane while it's spinning gutter to gutter. Does that make sense? Um, I guess, what do you mean by gutter to gutter? Like the oil pulls it towards the center of the N- lane? No, no, or? So... So the ball is moving uh, towards the pins, but it's not rolling towards the pins. It's sliding towards the pins while the actual the spin of the ball is right to left instead of oh, back to front. Okay, I see what you're saying. So, so it's so a different it's, axis of movement. Right, right. So the, the spin, it's spinning sideways, but it's moving forwards. It's a lot like what happens with your tires on ice if you're sliding into a turn. Sure. Your, ti- yeah, your yeah. tires are your tires are moving forward, but they're moving sideways because 
there's because of friction or lack thereof. Right. So the oil the oil causes it to slide down the alley while keeping its its uh its momentum going side to side. And then the back end of the, of the lane uh, has no oil on it. So the ball is sliding through this oil, and that's when the ball hooks. That's when you see the ball hook is it hits that dry stuff, and then that's oh, when the ball so snaps it, to the side. It really kind of bites into the, yep. into the lane. So when you say the back end, that's the, the tail end towards the like, – yeah, real the, close to the pins? Uh, generally, it's the last 15 feet. Okay. Uh, next, so, yeah, uh, a lane is uh, 60 feet. And it's generally pretty heavy oil in the first 15. Uh, the next 15 is medium. The next 15 is pretty light. And then the back 15 is dry. So it, That explains so much about bowling yeah, that I didn't understand. Yep. Yeah, like, so that's, that's what happens with the... That's how balls... Uh, and then so the core is uh, what, ge- what helps generate a lot of the, uh, a lot of the revs uh, side to side as it's moving down the alley. Because uh, it's got weight more in one spot, so it's able to turn over a little quicker. Uh, so yeah, th- there's a bunch of different uh, core shapes, and each one does a little bit different thing. So like, if you ever, if you're ever in a bowling alley that has a pro shop, uh, just like look through the catalog of balls, which is a hilarious sentence. Um, Great, because you'll notice that there's a. There's charts based on the uh, based on the type of bowler you are, because there's generally three types of bowlers. There's uh, strokers, crankers, and tweeners. Oh yeah, I know all about strokers, crankers, and tweeners. What is <laughs> happening to this bowling cast? I have no idea. So Welcome s- to Pinheads, a bowling cast, <laughs> a bowler and a ding dong. Uh, a bowler and a pinhead. Mm, that makes more sense. <laughs> But yeah, so like, so like, I'm generally what's considered a stroker. But uh, uh, get your more, head out of the gutter! God damn it! Ba-da-boo. So so I'm I'm more of a, a smooth release, and I um, my ball tends to go in in what's called a hockey stick. It goes straight and then turns at the end. Uh, then there's crankers. Crankers generate a lot of revs, uh, and they tend to throw in what's a banana shape. So it's a curve the entire way. Uh, they throw towards the gutter and it comes back in a nice smooth curve. And then there's tweeners, which are in between those two. So, uh, but you'll generally have three little uh, little diagrams next to a ball in the catalog, and it'll show you the uh, the path that it takes generally when you throw it. Huh. Yeah. That is fascinating. The next time I'm watching ESPN two on a Saturday afternoon, and bowling comes on. Uh, right after yeah. billiards, uh, I'll have a, a much better understanding of the physics going on there. Cause yeah, yeah, it's that's oh, fascinating. Yeah, senior year of high school, I actually did a uh, a physics project because uh, we were told to do a physics project on whatever we wanted, and so mine was like, what's the proper percentage of your height to for your backswing to generate the most speed? Mm. Which which actually has very little to do with bowling. Speed is not a huge part of it. It's more about placement than anything else. Uh, but speed also helps dictate uh, when and where your ball starts to turn towards the pins. So it's bowling's a weird, a smart, a, it's a stupidly complex sport. <laughs> that's uh, that's quite the way to put it. Yeah. So that's uh, one last question, and I think I already know the answer to this, but. Uh, since the ball is moving at a 
a non-zero speed, there's going to be a little bit of air resistance. And since the ball is spinning, you can get some weird movement based on that. Um, but I'm guessing since the ball's so heavy and not moving that fast, uh, any of those forces are going to be pretty much negligible. Pretty much. And okay. the the covering of the ball is... It, it's pretty it's, smooth. It's been smoothed out. Plus, you're prob- you probably got some oil on your ball from the lane, and it's... Yeah, the the air resistance there is negligible. It's a pretty it's a pretty smooth surface. So, and we're back. Uh, yeah, that, that was something that just happened. <laughs> that episode of Pinheads was brought to you by <laughs> Bill Shy, the Lions guy. What? Well, I was gonna say Bill Nye, but I figure like he actually has a new show coming out on Netflix, so uh, I don't really want to dilute his brand. Fair enough. Um. So yeah, we're back. We're back. This is actually a fictionados now. No longer a bowling podcast that we just crammed into the beginning. Uh, it's weird that we did such a long intro when uh, this is going to be like one of our shortest recording sessions. Because yeah. like, I need to go to work tomorrow and it's pretty late. But without any further ado, let's just kind of dive right into the story. Um, wh- what do we have today? We, we referenced it last time. Um jokingly but we kind of we're rolling with it anyways uh so we've got a couple different stories and i'm pretty sure yeah okay so they're both that's um, right the new hit live action film from disney mulan uh yes mulan uh came out in 2019 and (laughs) (laughs) uh i don't know if that's true or not uh it comes out at some point um, so, anyway, but the, uh, new live-action Beauty and the Beast, what is it, coming out after this release or before? It's, uh... Because this should go up, what, March? This is gonna go up March 7th, 4th. I think. Okay, it comes out on the thir- 12th or something like that? I don't know, okay. the week after, I'm So this sure. is gonna be pretty good timing. This is going yeah. up, we think, right before... The uh, it's in it's going up in close proximity to yeah that's that's a good way of saying it uh, so this this is a live action film event adjacent yes and we, we have uh, kind of two like really short stories we're just kind of gonna dive in and see yeah, how far so, we get uh, pretty much yeah we'll see how far we go oh god. Uh, I, okay, I know we need to get into the stories, but we did just say how far we'll go, and, like, the Oscars were this weekend, and it was, I think it's, like, the first time I've watched the Oscars pretty much front to back. I missed the first, like, half an hour. That's fine. Jimmy Kimmel wasn't very funny. I, okay, anyway. Well, yeah, we don't need to talk about that. Uh Yeah, this is, uh, so I have actually not missed the Oscars since I started college. So this is my fifth year, uh, fifth year watching it in a row. I watched it a couple other times, but uh, this one was this is year five in a row, cover to cover. Uh, third year in a row, live tweeting. So who hosted last year? Was it Billy Crystal? Billy Crystal? Yeah, didn't Billy Crystal do it recently? Like in the last couple years? Did he? I don't I honestly I know don't that remember. he's thought, like, he's the best at it. Was it two years ago was Ellen, I think. Oh, or was oh, last year yeah, Ellen? Uh, yeah, it was the year that she took the selfie with, the, with the Samsung that broke phone. Twitter. 
Yeah, yeah it broke Twitter. It was like the most liked tweet in history at the time, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was... That couldn't uh, last Billy year. Crystal hosted in 12. Ago. 12. I think that was the last time that I watched like a significant portion of it. I know yeah, I tuned so that, in last year just to see Mad Max win like all the Oscars. All of the awards. Oh, wait. Was, was 2012 the year that Gravity won seven Oscars? Because that's a great movie. Uh, no, because 2012, they would have been for the 2011 movies. Okay. And I think Gravity came out in 2013, so that would not have uh, been it. Yes, I believe it did. Uh, anyway, yeah, so. the Oscars was uh, really interesting. I, I thought Jimmy Kimmel did an okay job. Um, yeah, not, he, not I mean, I've, it I've wasn't seen a disaster. worse. Yeah, exactly. I've seen worse. Uh, it, it was an admirable first effort. And uh, that uh, ending, I, though, was uh, it, interesting. It's, it's never happened in the no, year um, history of the Oscars. Wait, 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 wait. Was last year Neil Patrick Harris? Oh, no, no. Last year was Chris Rock because there was that whole. Chris Rock. Yeah. Yeah. He was Chris pretty Rock. good. Neil Patrick Harris was the year before that, and Ellen was the year before that. Okay. And then, was it Seth MacFarlane hosted recently, too? What? He did the Oscars? I know. I yeah. He did, like, the... No, because James Corden has done the Tonys for the last couple of years. Yeah, he... Seth yep, it was, it was Seth MacFarlane. Well, or... Yep, it was, uh, it was Crystal in 12, MacFarlane in 13. Wow. Time sure yeah. does fly. Uh, sure does. But so, Beauty I, and the Beast. I remember, sorry, real quick. If, <laughs> I'm t- man, we just hit the 20-minute mark, and if I remember correctly, McFarlane did a pretty good job because he's just, like, he's actually, like, really, like, charming. Oh, he's, he's charming, and he's a great singing voice. Like, yeah, that, that's I, that's why I kind of assumed it was, like, the Tonys or the Grammys or something. Because, mm-hmm. like, he released, a, I think he's released at least a couple jazz albums. Probably. Um, but He's got a very uh, a, a very a voice very reminiscent of um, like a like a Buble or a Sinatra. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of that that crooner style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that, so that is neither here nor there, but it is an excellent segue into the great music of Beauty and the Beast. Mulan. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast. Oh man, when will I will when will my reflection show who I am <laughs> inside? So this uh, this first be a man. Come on, <laughs> this first one we're going to touch on is uh, another crossover like last week. Uh, also crossing over with Harry Potter. Hey oh, surprise! Because uh, Emma Watson. But uh, oh yeah, Emma Watson's character never actually makes an appearance in this story. Uh, <laughs> so it's um, it's so serious black four hundred and seventy word retelling of Beauty and the Beast. It's real quick, it's, uh, so it's not not very long. So Sirius Black is the uh, is the beast, and yeah, isn't he? Oh no, maybe not. Maybe I just read that wrong. Like every time. Nope, Sirius is not the beast. I'm thinking He's Remus might be the beast. Telling the story. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking. Yep. Okay. So Remus uh, Remus Lupin is the beast. That's uh, that's what it is. And then uh, the other James, Sirius, and Lily are all uh, 
So this must be when, Other when they were in yeah. school or when they lived in whatever the Beast Castle town with Gaston. This provincial town? Yes. Uh, yeah, so uh, James, Sirius, and Lily look over at uh, their friend who's sleeping on the table, and uh, Lily's reading, I don't know, a book or a paper or something about uh, the beast that lived in the cold, dark castle in the woods. And then uh, James is James is, is pumped because he lives with the beast. The beast lives with James. Yeah. So, it's a... Uh, I, I think she's reading a news article. I think that's yeah, what's going on. I, it's really unclear. She's... Oh, it is a book. It says, it says a couple lines down uh that they return to the book after oh yeah like remus kind of shifts around maybe like he's waking up or something then he settles down and and everyone's like what what okay let's 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 get back to to the book because it's oh okay okay so yeah so so uh what you uh find out is uh so lily is a muggle-born so she is uh she's heard this story before so she's telling uh, James and Sirius this story and James and Sirius are making connections with their own lives is what's mm, going on here. I see. So, because uh, then she says uh, uh, Belle's dad goes into the woods and finds the castle and Sirius is like, we found Remus. <laughs> uh, and then uh, he was greeted by talking furniture. Uh, the boys were thinking and James says, Dumbledore let him stay at Hogwarts, so could discover him? And uh, Dumbledore is spelled uh, D-O-O-R at the end. <laughs> Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah, so... So, like, is... Okay, is there talking furniture in Harry Potter? Th- this is the question. Because if so, these, these could be I don't in the remember. Like, I, I don't remember talking furniture. Consider a painting furniture, which I wouldn't. No, it's decoration. Now, you it's know what does have talking furniture and is therefore absolutely in the same universe? I don't. Peewee's Playhouse. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I guess what I'm wondering is, if you were in the Beast Castle, uh, what do you think the secret word would be? Okay, so the it's furniture not, that talks... It can't be Rose. It can't be, like... Rosebud. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's Rosebud. <laughs> I don't know why that would ever come up unless the Beast was watching Citizen Kane uh, just in his study. But no, would the so, TV yell? Or would it just be like the chairs and the couches and stuff? See, I'm going to go and with the they're, not in the, they're, they're not in the same universe simply because all of the talking furniture is people that were put under a spell. Okay, what evidence do you have that that's not the case in Peewee's Playhouse? Uh, touche. That's what I thought. What? In, in fact, there's even someone that that could have put them under that spell. There is Jombie the genie. They're in the playhouse. All right. Well, <laughs> confirmed. Pee-wee's playhouse I, I, is I, within the universe of uh uh Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I mean, I forgot what we're reading today. Th- there's there's way too much evidence to to discount it. Obviously, we um. It it might be a little too hasty to say confirmed, but I'm we're going to we're going to say it's confirmed um, because we you know we didn't deny it and there is no way to. 
Yeah, no, there's... So what else happens in this story? That's basically all they do. Nothing, really. They just kind of, like, make some connections between... Yeah, that's pretty much all they do. Between Um, the Harry Potter universe and the Beauty and the Beast Pee-wee's Playhouse. Playhouse. Extended universe. Yeah, that that you. Um, How many films can they make out of that? Uh... Eight. Eight? Yeah, that sounds about right, because Marvel's... Seven books. Marvel's Seven books, like eight movies. 14 movies at this point, I think. A lot. They're in a lot. In the MCU. Um, so, the uh, the ending is pretty great. Uh, so they, they say that uh, Belle and the Beast fell in love, and the Beast was changed back into the prince. Um... And they're like, well, I think the nurse is a little old for him. Ha 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 ha. And then, uh, the beast was changed on the inside as well. Uh, Remus was changed when he figured out that we would always be with him and didn't care about what he was. So there, James said, the end, he shouted. Uh, and then they look over and Remus is awake and he's like, <laughs> guys, guys, what the hell? It's two in the morning. Go to bed. What are you doing? And, Come on. And 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 then he left. He just leaves. And then everybody looks at each other and goes, "And he was a beast no more." Together, and that's the uh, that's the end. That's a good ending. So that was a extremely short story uh, that was kind of incoherent and made even more so by our excellent retelling. <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, it was complicated and not very. Uh, I mean, it was it, it. It's a it's a fun concept. It's it's a small tableau of uh, you know just just c- trying to cram these two things together that clearly belong together. Much like Pee Wee's Playhouse and Lily and the Beast. Yes, it checks out. Yeah. So uh, this next story. It's about twice as long. <laughs> it's a little over eight hundred words. Um, and it's, uh, it's called A Typical Argument, and the description says, After the curse is broken, Cogsworth and Lumiere get into an argument about which one told the other that Belle would break the spell. Eventually, this quarrel turned into an all-out fight. This is what happened during the brawl. Uh, and the, uh, the author's note is, uh, Hey, this was just a fun idea I came up with one night and decided to share. It was also an excuse for me to practice writing fight scenes, so that made it worth it. Lastly, I would like to thank a few of my good real-life friends who helped inspire me for this story. Did they inspire the author by just, like, fighting? This is is what I was wondering as well. So, I know, like, friends can get into some some petty arguments, especially about, like, misremembering situations. But I don't think I've ever seen people come to blows over that. Uh, We certainly haven't, and we've we've had a couple... uh, Couple misremembering. We've had some tiffs, <laughs> <laughs> some uh, yeah, you know, breakfast at Tiffany's. That, that's what tiffs means. Yeah, we're not going to sing that song. Yeah, <laughs> vote drinks. <laughs> and I uh, said, "What about uh, what about this story?" That's that's what I said. Uh, so Lumiere is uh, rubbing it in pretty quick uh, right here in the beginning. He's like, "Hey, uh, I told you she would be the one to break the spell." He was French, right? That wasn't a French accent. More offensive than French, but I mean, yeah, that it checks out. It's it's a it's a good caricature that will surely offend everyone. Uh perfect. Uh so they uh they're standing there 
being creepy and watching uh, Prince Adam and Belle <laughs> dancing. Okay, they're just like ballroom dancing. There's not really anything creepy about that, especially since they're, I mean, they're these two that have been like you know playing matchmaker for <laughs> matchmaker, more like candle maker. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Okay then. <laughs> So, uh, Cogsworth, not, <laughs> not to, not to acknowledge a pun immediately, kind of, uh, boy, what does Cogsworth sound like? I, I, I almost did like Danny DeVito from, uh, from Hercules. No, no, that's fine. Go for it. Go for okay. it. Okay. I beg your pardon, old friend, but I believe I told yous. <clears throat> and then, uh, Lumiere, rightly so, gets offended. Uh, no, you didn't. I told you. You most certainly did not, you pompous, paraffin-headed pea-brain. That's pretty good. Ooh, that's that's alliteration and, like, yeah, a it pretty is. good burn. Ah, there's another pun. <laughs> uh, it, it should be noted that uh, it, in order to uh, actually count as alliteration, there have to be uh, three uh, three instances of the repeated consonant. Oh, perfect. Uh, because, we that. Be, yeah, right, right. Because... Uh, in writing, two is an accident, three is on purpose. <laughs> okay. Is, is that the same rule with semicolons? Where if, uh, if you can put two in a sentence, it's it's really, you're not using it right, but three, then you know you're on the right track. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you can fit so many uh, <laughs> double descriptive words, <laughs> then you are an amazing Oh, writer. those twinkling blue serendipitous eyes. Oh. So good. Oh, that was three. Holy balls! Uh, yeah, exactly. Two's an accident. Three's a party. Would you like? Uh, would you like another pun here? Because yeah, uh, rage, I, I've been rage like... flamed in Lumiere's eyes. <laughs> I'm looking ahead, and there's a lot of puns in this story. I think it's on purpose. Oh, I mean, <clears throat> absolutely. <laughs> on guard, you, you overgrown pocket watch. <laughs> so Cogsworth, it says Cogsworth might have rolled his eyes at, at the weak insults. He hadn't been smacked across the face by Lumiere's glove, so they are—they are human persons at this point. Yes, yes? yep. Because the, okay. the spell has the, been broken. The spell has been broken. Uh, Chip is back to normal. As okay, is Chip a boy? How long have they been? I don't know. Okay, because like clearly Chip was a child when he was turned into a cop. Yeah, or she. Well, I'm, th- I'm thinking Chip is I a boy. I guess I assumed it was a boy based on the name, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. This isn't important and it won't come up. Wait. Uh, yeah, Chip is in the story, actually. So we might find out. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, he gets he gets smacked with... Uh, I'm sure it's a pristine white glove that he just took off and smacked him across the face as, as a, a perfect start to any duel. Chip is a boy. Chip is a boy. Excellent. Do you think he yep. has like oh. uh think he has like a part in his hair where the where the chip would have been? I I would I would assume so. I would hope it's something like that and not just like he has a crater in his anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because that would be uh bad from a development standpoint. Uh so Lumiere is challenging him to a duel and uh it says a duel that Cogsworth would make him regret starting. So <laughs> In a matter of seconds, their conversation had changed from a peace treaty and exchanging hugs to a complete fistfight. One could only expect the worst to come out of this. That's right. Murder. Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, that's gotta be the worst, right? Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I was trying to think of something worse, but now I got nothing. Yeah, Murder so scenes. just like the uh, the Boston Massacre way back when, it's hard to tell who made the first move. Uh, but it looks like uh, Cogsworth was the was the first to actually uh, f- find something with his fist. Uh, and then there's there's kinda, tumbling. Yeah, they're they're kind of just like skidding around, uh, trying to fight as best two people can that have just turned back into humans with like fully ambulated bodies instead of you know a candlestick and a clock with legs i mean yeah they weren't even like real legs they were this is part of the clock he's lucky that he had that he wasn't turned into like a wall clock yeah or like a lamp or something (laughs) oh wait no lumiere's a lamp shit uh he's a he's a candelabra yeah which is uh, a fancy word for candle, I'm sure. So they're they're yeah they're kind of like scrapping. Neither of them is really good at it. I'm I'm willing to bet that having like th- this is like right after the spell broke. So I d- I doubt that they're like super comfortable in their bodies yet. And yeah, also they're... like these two guys are they're kind of they're kind of goobers. I don't think they're going to be really yeah, good at I mean... fighting anyway. No, they're, they're, uh, and they're both, uh, they're pretty much rivals throughout the entire, uh, uh, throughout the entire movie. Like, they're always trying to, like, one-up each other. Yeah, they they have that kind of, like, competitive, um, exactly that, that, like, one-upsmanship. But it's, it's in, like, a, like, a friendly way, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm trying to think of a good uh, analogy, but... Uh, us. Us. Uh. Well, I guess so. But I'm. I'm not going to give you the. Uh, the satisfaction of knowing that I agree with you. So you're probably wrong. Shut up, you walking pocket watch. <laughs> you're making my job a lot easier, Lumiere. <laughs> that, that's what. That's what Cogsworth says at one point. Uh. Because Lumiere, like, yanks him down onto the ground. Apparently he, like, slipped and then pulled Cogsworth down with him. I um, mean, L- Lumiere's comeback, though, is... is... pretty good. <clears throat> if, if, if I might, one second. <clears throat> Shut up. Wow. Uh, boom. R- roasted, I, th- I think, is the correct response to that. Yeah, he... You just got burned. Uh, okay. <laughs> Lumiere did get him really fire, good. but then he like he immediately he's like shut up, and then like kind of knees him right in the gut, in the which gut. Is, just it's kind of brutal actually. Um, yeah, that uh, that does not feel great. No, I mean I will say that the gut is like better than uh, other places to get need like the face or neck, but. Uh, <laughs> Among other places, of course, but uh, the, the the back of the knee. The gut is not the, <laughs> the back of the knee. It's my it's my my weak spot. My Achilles back of the knee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So Lumiere like kind of thinks that he's won here. He he yeah. knees him in the gut, and Cogsworth kind of like stumbles away. Gets all gets all cocky and. <laughs> yeah. So he. Rid- 
he's, you know... Ready to give up? He's swaggering around, he stands up, and he's like, ah ha ha. Yeah. And, uh, Lumiere's got the... Yeah. Yeah, there it is. And then, like, Cogsworth just takes a swing. Yep, and that's when the blood comes in. Uh, Cogsworth felt his nails cutting through Lumiere's skin. Yucko. Uh, Lumiere wiped them off and glared at Cogsworth. And then from across the room, we got good old Mrs. Potts. Keep an eye on Chip, please. (laughs) She's just watching this fight. She's got, like, a ball of popcorn, like, oh, man, this is getting good. Uh, yeah, so she has, uh, she has Belle's dad take care of, uh, take care of Chip while she, uh... I'm glad uh, you knew who Maurice was, because I did not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, I got, uh, I mean, I, I've, I've seen the movie a couple times, so I, I know a thing or two, but, um, I still don't know how much time passed between the curse and Adam turning 21. Yeah, I, I don't actually, I think I haven't seen the movie since, like, the 90s, if I'm, if I'm being honest. So, like, most of my Beauty and the Beast knowledge comes from playing Kingdom Hearts a lot. Um, and, Fair enough. And, like, the only ones in that game are... Beast. The, the Beast, Bell, Lumiere, Cogsworth, and then I... I, I think... Uh, I think Mrs. Potts and Chip, like, make a... Make a small Can't appearance know. just to be like... We're here! Yay! This is still a Disney game! Yeah, exactly. They're they're there just because, like, it's fun to see cameos from Disney characters. Yeah. So, So yeah, I have uh, no clue who Maurice was. Yeah, so uh, Mrs. Potts kind of does her uh, Mrs. Potts swagger on over. That's enough! She chastised them, and they ignore her, and so she gets all... She gets all... That's enough! She gets a little steamed. (laughs) Uh, I'm proud of you. Uh, Yeah, me too. Uh, and then she grabs them by their ears and drags them apart. <laughs> Which is and... perfect. It's exactly what any mother would do. Yeah. And then... Uh, you two are acting like children. Now what is this even about? <clears throat> He's a liar. No, you're the one who's babbling complete nonsense. I told you you're good for nothing. Boys! Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> and then uh, together they uh, they mumble. Sorry, Sorry Mrs. Potts. Shit, what voice did I use? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure it worked just fine. Oh uh, yeah, I kind of combined the two voices, and then uh, the author's note at the end. Uh, just for the record, Lumiere was actually the one who first said it, uh, so technically he was right. Yeah, well, you know, he was being kind of. <laughs> You burnt. He, he was he was being kind of a dick about it, though. I mean, they both were, so it's fine. All right. Well. So yeah, that's uh. That's a that's a lovely little story. Uh, Eight hundred words of just like scrapping, and then man, Chip didn't even do anything except uh, Maurice literally just like looks at Chip, and it says with a nod he turned to Chip and kept the boy entertained, which. Chip doesn't even get a line. We don't even really see him in the story. Yeah. But that's okay, because Mrs. Potts comes in and rules school. Uh, I did I did Google a picture of it, and that is that is a part in his hair. We were correct. Oh, cool. And then I guess this whole time, uh, uh, Adam and Bell are just, like, just waltzing. Yep. Around that just old ballroom. Just dancing. <laughs> just dancing it. Anything, so, do you have yeah. anything else to say about this story? 
no. This one, I mean, the fight scene was decently well written. We didn't, uh, we didn't really go into detail on it, but it was, it was decent, so. Yeah, it was, it was kind of fun. I mean, it, it wasn't like, it, it was kind of brutal when it's like he, he started, like, cutting through his skin with his nails, but it wasn't like, uh, gory or gross or anything like that, so I, uh, I appreciate that, because I think this story is rated, it is rated K+, so. You know, that's pretty much rated G. Yeah. So, I mean, there was blood, though, so... Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll raise it up to a good old PG, then. Yeah. All right. I, I would, uh... I would maybe... There there were no swear words, so it doesn't... It definitely can't have a PG-13, so... PG is probably about right. Yeah, it's got that, uh... Comic violence, I think, is the, the thing. That might be a video game rating term, but... That's that's pretty much what it is. Anyway, with with that, I think we'll go ahead and wrap up. Uh, I know this has been kind of a, a shorter episode than usual. Uh, sorry about that, folks. It's uh, sorry about that, all seven of you. Yeah, life got in the way, and we're recording a bit later than we had hoped to tonight. But yep, it, it is what it is. Um, we we really just wanted to make sure that we got something up because I think because this is we did be not like a- do well. Yeah, this is going to be row, like our fourth or fifth in a row getting it up uh, on, on schedule. Time. So uh, us. we're hoping to continue that. Um, I think that's my like goal for Lent, because uh, as of this recording, uh, it's the first day of Lent. And I'm going to be giving up uh, posting podcasts uh, late, Ooh. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably post like two or three in the, in the entirety of Lent, so that's okay. But uh, I want to thank Overclock Remix uh, at OCR, uh, at ocremix.org. Uh, our our intro and outro theme songs come from there. They're both fantastic. DuckTales! Yeah, we got, we got DuckTales, we got Undertale. I finished Undertale uh, a little over a week ago. And when I say finished, I mean, like, I got to an ending. Uh, I'm going to keep playing for other endings. But it's neither here nor there. Um Check out check out all of the cool stuff on ocremix.org, uh, especially cool the stuff. two songs we're using, which are detailed on uh, the blog post. Yeah, uh, you can do emails and stuff to us. Uh, we are aficionadospod at gmail.com. and then we've got Twitter, where we basically have only been tweeting out links <laughs> to each podcast. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're at Aficionados Pod on on Twitter. Yep, we could uh, probably do more. Uh, our personal twitters, twitters are linked in that bio. If you really give a sh- crap, um, yeah. So that's that's us. That's about it. Uh, until next time, I've been Jacob Wagtag Wagoner, and I've been Rich the Dick Stevens. <laughs> Don't forget to go to Yogalatis. <laughs> Don't forget to go to Yogalatis. We've been the aficionados. Troll the respawn, Yogalatis. Yogalatis.